woke up a rebel. Hey everybody, what's good? This is the first episode of Rebel Tone Podcast. I am your host, Mario, a.k.a. 6 for Marito, a.k.a. Marito. Whichever one of those you want to call me, it's fine, whatever. I don't expect anybody to actually call me 6 for Marito. You know, when you have a producer tag or whatever, um, that's basically why that exists. And I'm also one half of Woke Up a Rebel alongside a Jungle Royalty, and together we produce music and we DJ. Right, so let's get straight to this. Why am I doing this podcast? What is this podcast for? And why are you listening? Which, by the way, thank you very much for listening. I love reggaeton music since the first time I heard it. And I didn't even know what it was when I first heard it, but I just knew that I loved it. I followed reggaeton for, man, I would say at least, yeah, it's maybe 18, 19 years. Right, I've been a diehard fan, and for those of you who know me well, you know this is fact. Okay, so what I'm going to uh, do today is just give you a little bit of background about myself, and I guess why I hope that you can trust my taste in music, my critique in reggaeton music specifically. Um, I take this music serious. You know, just like there's diehard hip-hop fans, which I also am a diehard hip-hop fan as well. But reggaeton is like what has that special place in my heart. You know, it's what made me want to start producing music, right? Reggaeton music. Specifically the producers Looney Tunes and DJ Blast. But we'll get into that maybe in this one or in future episodes if y'all are feeling this. I am one half of Woke Up a Rebel, as I mentioned, alongside Jungle Royalty. And I produce music with her, we DJ, and we mainly focus on reggaeton, reggae, dancehall, a little bit of hip-hop, we fuse these things, we've, you know, tried to make some house tracks, but uh, what we vibe with the most is dancehall and reggaeton, right? It's it's in our blood, it's in her blood, she's actually um, Jamaican-Canadian. My mother's Salvadoran, I was born in El Salvador, but my father's Mexican, and they met in the States, yeah, it's crazy, don't ask, don't ask, but... I ended up here in Canada somehow, in Toronto. And I'm very blessed and fortunate to be here in, in this wonderful place, even though right now we're we're going through this weird time. Just to give you a little a little idea where we are, it's uh, Easter long weekend in Canada, and we're going through the COVID-19 pandemic. I really hope that everybody's at home safe. I really hope that everybody's uh, with their immediate family members that they live with at home or you know, whoever's in their home, like, just stay home, stay safe, stay blessed, stay occupied, chill out, you know, do whatever you want, okay, do whatever you want, just stay inside, and hopefully you're listening to this podcast, and, you know, at least it's going to help you kill some time, learn a little one-two about, one-two thing about reggaeton uh, while you're at it. So I'm from, I'm currently in Toronto, Canada, I've been here for most of my life, I've been exposed to so much culture, different cultures, different types of food, music, like everything, everything you could imagine, right? So up until high school, right, I uh, I hung out for the most part with black people and different cultures, but not really Latinos that were like living that Latino life, listening to Latino music and stuff. I was not around that until high school. 
right? So up until then, I was listening to hip hop, like all kinds of hip hop, like Mob Deep, Jay Z, um, Cormega. Like I was deep. I was deep in the hip hop music, like Big Pun. Like you have no idea. And so uh, you know, I grew up with a lot of uh, mixed mixed groups. You know, so I was exposed to a lot, but not so much Latin music, believe it or not. So I grew up in the West End of Toronto, where I think most of Latinos live. You know, like a lot of immigrant families, right? They've come and uh, in the West End of Toronto, North York area. I don't know, race was never really a thing that mattered to me. At least up until high school, I started noticing th- certain things. Because in high school, I started clicking more with my Latino people, right? It was weird. It just happened that way. I grew up in a Christian home, very Christian home. My mom was pretty strict in regards to having secular music or my sister and I watching things that she didn't believe a Christian kid should be watching. You know, but me being me, I I don't know. There's nothing that anybody could have done to keep me away from listening to the music that I wanted to listen to. So when I started getting into reggaeton, it actually wasn't reggaeton. It was reggae en español, which is Spanish reggae. As far as I was concerned back then, um, it was from Panama, right? The Los Panameños, they were they were killing it. They were doing it the best. And I thought it was their original music, me and my ignorance, right? I, I didn't know that they were getting the beats and the rhythms from Jamaica, right? And they were just taking it over to Panama and doing their own thing over it in Spanish. right? So I thought this was the coolest thing that Latinos were doing. I was introduced to that music through a family that um, I grew up with, right? Shout out to them. And uh, whenever my family... And uh, and I, we would go to their place. We would sometimes do sleepovers on the weekend or during the Christmas holidays. We would be there for Christmas. They had satellite and we would be able to watch all the American shows. And I remember the first artist I ever saw uh, singing in, or rapping in Spanish uh, was El General. And it was the song Pata Pata. And I don't know, I had never seen anything like that. Like his dance moves, like I had never seen anything like that. Right, because I wasn't, I was... I don't know, I was uh, restricted, to, uh, restricted right at home. Like, I had a, a lot of limitations to what I could watch on TV. So, El General was the first Spanish reggae artist that I ever saw, ever heard. And that song, I think, Pata Pata, is from 1998. So, yeah, you can imagine how far back this goes. And you can take a while, guess how old I am. That song, I think it was before Tu Pum Pum came out. I know, it sounds funny. But it's a big tune, and I'm going to post some of these links if I can. Somewhere where you can see them, maybe I'll post them up on Instagram in a picture or something. Right, so we have El General, and we also have El Chombo, who is a Spanish reggae producer that I was introduced to his music in high school. Right, so between the time that I heard El General up until high school, I only knew El General, and then a few merengue songs here and there. But mainly I was into hip-hop. Like I was in the hip-hop scene, R&B, like the whole time, you know, that I was going through middle school. But come high school, I was introduced to a whole new world of music, which was the Latin music world. I was introduced to bachata. I was introduced to more salsa music, merengue, reggaeton, cumbia, right? Like I was introduced to so much music that was just unknown to me at the time. And because at home, all I really listened to was like Spanish gospel music. It's, you know, I was not exposed to it at all whatsoever. So thank God for my friends in high school. Shout out to all of you, you know, that introduced me to some dope music. I'll never forget you. And in high school, I was introduced to Aventura. I was introduced to Monchi Alexandra. I was introduced to, um, was it? Yeah, I think it was through my friends at school that I found out who Daddy Yankee was as well. Right, But it was a really good time, right? And 
when I was introduced to uh, Los Cuentos de la Cripta, I was also introduced to Lorna, that song Papi Chulo, right? And that song is like, I don't know, I had never heard a song in Spanish like that, especially with a, with a female uh, saying some nasty stuff or, you know, just some, some, some funny stuff. Definitely not, P, it's like PG-13 and up. But uh, it, was, it was a really cool time in, in music. A lot of great music was coming out of Panama. Like, who would have thought that what was brewing out of Panama was going to turn into what it is now in, from Puerto Rico and, and now the mainstream, right? Reggaeton has made it to the mainstream. And who would have thought that it was just these, uh, these people from Panama that were just having fun in the studio doing their own thing, right? So let's fast forward a little bit to 2002 to 2003. I was at a friend's place, and I heard a song that changed my life forever. I heard that song, I don't know, so many people spell this differently. The CD version doesn't even have the name of the, ti the title of the song, but it's probably called Te Voy a Dar Mas Candela or Dar Mas Candela by Hector y Tito, and it was produced by Looney Tunes. When I was at this friend's place, let me tell you something, I'll be honest, I had just started smoking weed, okay? I had just started smoking weed, and... Listening to music was something new to me, you know, especially listening to it under the influence. And I heard this song, and I had never heard anything like it. Like, it blew my mind. Like, there was, it was such a busy track, but it worked. It worked nicely. And I remember I'm just there listening to the CD, and I don't know if there was any truth to this, but that homie at the time... He had told me that he he personally knew the Looney Tunes. He's like, yeah, these guys from New York, they're blowing up, man. He's like, yo, they're my friends. I'm like, and they gave me the CD. I'm like, yeah, okay, right. And then I started hearing about them a little more often after um, I heard that song, right. And whenever I'd be at a friend's place, you know, whoever had a satellite, that's where I was exposed to the Latin music, right? Because you really didn't have TLN playing anything here for the most part, except on Saturday mornings we would get like. I think they were like reruns of HTV, right? Which is like a MTV, but in like Latin America, just a different station, you know? But uh, for the most part, we weren't really exposed to reggaeton like that here in Toronto on TV or mainstream or radio. All right, so I heard this song, Darmas Candela by Hector Tito, produced by Looney Tunes. And it was, it was phenomenal. Like, I'll never forget it. Like, I asked this guy, can I borrow the CD? And he's like, yeah. And I, I think I was able to get somebody to burn it for me, you know, and, and just, I remember listening to that CD from start to finish. And because I was into hip hop, I noticed something, right? The intro to this album, which by the way, the album that had, where this song is from, is called Grace Col Dos. And it's just Grace Col 2. And it's called No Es Facil, the album. It's not easy. I don't know why they call it that, but it is what it is. And you look at the back of the CD, it doesn't have the name of the tracks. It just has the name of the artists which is weird, but this is the album where that song is from, right, that Hector Tito song. For the most part, the producers on here are DJ Goldie, DJ Blas, Eliel, Looney Tunes y Noriega, and somebody called DJ Wasi. This album had a lot of people when they were just on the come up, Hector Tito, Sir Speedy, Abel, Nicky Jam, Magnati Valentino, Don Omar is on here on a couple of tracks. Las Guanabanas, Fido, Alexis, actually, they're, Alexis and Fido are on here, but they're both on separate tracks, who knows, maybe they weren't together at this time, Gallo Star's on here, Janai, um, Crisi Angel, Gallo Star, right, like, all of these people, they're legends, okay, some of these guys are still around, I know you guys know who Don Omar is, at least, and, yeah, they sampled in the intro track, the intro track, they sampled 
Booty by Benzino. And that was produced by Teddy Riley. And if you know Teddy Riley, the man's a legend. And these guys, they sampled it and they turned into a... They, they gave it a reggaeton twist. And it was just amazing on this. Las Guanabanas, they actually, the way they, they, they sang in the track that they have on here, the flow was Give Me the Light by Sean Paul. Was it completely legal what all of these people were doing on here? Probably not. But this is early 2000s. So I don't know how the copyright and the sampling rules were um, being enforced at the time. But that's a little bit of history on what was the first song that made me really like get into reggaeton, like fall in love with it. And the CD that I was reading these artists' names from, I actually feel and I'm convinced that I bought the last copy that existed on the internet. Okay? I bought it, I don't know, eight years ago, nine years ago. And I've tried looking for it everywhere. And I can't find a single copy of this anymore, anywhere. Right, so I do believe that I have the last copy of this CD and I will be posting it on my Instagram and on my artist Instagram that is joint with Jungle Royalty, which is our at Woke Up A Rebel. You can find us on Instagram and you could also find us on Twitter. And I'll post a picture of the album cover and, and stuff like that. And it's 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 a legendary album to me, to be honest. And I'm very grateful that I own this because the tracks are amazing. Amazing. Maybe I'll do a live in the near future and I'll just go through the tracks so you have an idea of what I'm talking about and then when you know maybe we can discuss uh, that album it by itself you know like it's honestly one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time and yeah it's just amazing to me let's get back to this Darmas Candela Hector y Tito produced by Looney Tunes and that's how I sidetracked and segued into talking about the album that it's on so it turns out that that song that Looney Tunes did um, on that, they that was their first release. It was incredible, an incredible first release. So yeah, that Grace Cold Dos No Es Facil album, it, it also changed my life. It was amazing. And then after that, like I was really into reggaeton, and I heard the Mas Flow album from Looney Tunes. And that solidified my love for music production. Like I just needed to know how they made this music. I needed to know. I was... I just... I don't know, I, I was obsessed. I had never heard anything like it. Some of the first reggaeton artists that I heard out of Puerto Rico, because like the music started in Panama. Reggae rhythms from Jamaica were being sent over there, dancehall rhythms. They were being sent over to Panama, right? People were going back and forth, right? The Panameños, they decided they wanted to start, you know, dropping their own rhymes on in their own bars, and it sounded good. And then from there, when the Puerto Ricans, they, it caught their ear. They enjoyed it. They added their own twist to it. Vico C happened. And so many amazing artists, even like the top heavy hitters in the scene right now in the reggaeton game are mainly from Puerto Rico, right? They just, they, they perfected it. They perfected the art, right? And then now, you know, Colombians are, are really also up there with Puerto Ricans, right? Like J Balvin, Maluma. As far as I'm concerned, they're the only ones that I actually really like F with, you know? But... Yeah, it's just it's uh, the genre has evolved so much that uh, you know it's still going hard in Panama, but we got to give it give credit where it's due. You know, the Puerto Ricans took it over and they put it they took it to the mainstream and they took it to the world, right? So uh, you know, we're all it basically tells you that and it shows you that we're all united. We're all one. When we are united as a as a culture, as a Latino people, we can change the world. You know, without a doubt. So the first 
artists that um that I heard out of Puerto Rico were Hector y Tito, right? Because of that song that they did with Looney Tunes. And they were unique. They were very different. They were a very different sound of voice because I was so used to hearing, you know, New York hip-hop, West Coast hip-hop, even the, the Dirty South hip-hop, you know, with Ludacris and, uh, you know, Trick Daddy, right? Like, I was listening to a lot of that at the time, right? So hearing somebody like Tito's voice, I'm like, what? Who is this? Is that a dude? Is that a girl? Like, I couldn't tell, respectfully. I couldn't tell. I honestly couldn't tell. And there was this show that would be on Channel 4 here in Toronto. I think it was Omni TV. I think it was called the channel. And uh, on Saturdays, I think, Saturday mornings, they would have, like, this Latin show. And they would show a few music videos. And that's where I saw Hector y Tito for the first time. Like, I saw them on TV. And it was this song, Felina. And I believe that song was produced by DJ Nelson. And DJ Nelson is the guy who, I believe, discovered Looney Tunes, right? And I could hear his voice at the end of the song, Felina. And it was really cool. And, like, that was, like, you know how uh, Jamaican uh, DJs, you know, they, they talk on the microphone and stuff. To me, DJ Nelson was the first person that I heard like that in reggaeton. Like, anytime I heard DJ Nelson's voice, I just knew it was him. I just knew it was him, you know, like it was, it was really cool. So Hector y Tito, I, I saw them for the first time in the music video for Felina. Heard DJ Nelson's voice probably for the first time. But that was it. That was the only way I was able to consume reggaeton when I was at home or when I wasn't with my friends. Um, I was grateful and I'm very grateful and I'm still grateful for the friends that I've had that have been able to, um, that were able to burn CDs for me with a bunch of music. I would go to their place. They'd bless me with letting me use their internet so I can download my own music, whatever I wanted. And I'd go home and everything was just new to me. Like I just look at an artist and I just download everything that I could from every single artist. Just because that's, that's how obsessed I was with the genre. My friends that I, that I had in high school, right? they introduced me to La Factoria, El Rookie, Don Dinero, Temperamento, Daddy Yankee, Evie Queen, like everybody, like everybody. And I have, I had a couple of friends, one of them I'm still friends with, and we're still obsessed with reggaeton. We were all diehard reggaeton fans, so we would share music music with each other, you know, this was before Spotify, this is before any streaming services, right? We had to actually burn CDs, put on our MP3 players, or, carry, you know, use it in our Walkmans. It was, the struggle was real, but it was a good time. Eventually, I was, uh, I ended, I, I went to a, a high school, right? I went to two, two different schools when I was in high school. And in the second school that I went to, I had a lot of free time. I would be able to go on the computer, and what I would spend time doing is Googling where can I get uh, music, right? Where can I download music from? And so I found a few websites, right? Like sandungel.com, flowhat.net, blingblingel.com. Like, these were like some, some amazing websites where I was able to just download directly from their sites, right? Download the music. So I would be able to go home with music, Right in my MP3 player, and I would read articles. I was reading about who these producers are, who these artists are, and I even came across a reggaeton dictionary. Right, because honestly, without it, I would have never known what these people are talking about. The way that I can compare what I can compare Puerto Rican slang to is Jamaican patois. Right, like it's it's Spanish, but their slang. If you don't understand their slang, you'll you'll be lost for the most part. And uh, we'll we'll get into that in like future episodes. So 
I discovered most of the artists that I've knew from before 2010 through those means, right? Having friends sharing music with me, going on, you know, Kaza and stuff like that, you know, getting music uh, through those ways. Because that was the only way we could consume music unless we were um, going out and buying the albums ourselves. And we were very limited to where we can buy those type of albums in, in Toronto, right? They weren't really selling a Daddy Yankee album in, at HMV up until he got popular, after Gasolina came out, that's when things changed. And you started seeing a lot more uh, reggaeton music at HMV and Sunrise and Music World. Yeah, so I discovered Daddy Yankee, actually, when I went to Colombia. And I was on the plane. And I was on the plane, I was looking at this little pamphlet, and it was showing you like what they're playing on the on the radio, you know, that was there that you just plug in the earphones into the, into the armrest. And I heard this song, Seguroski, from Daddy Yankee. And I'm like, what is this? This sounds interesting. And then I heard the, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, right from Daddy Yankee. And I'm just like, what? What is that? Like, I've never heard anything like that before. Turned into this dirty reggaeton beat. And then I found out that it was a DJ Blast beat. And so then I'm like, yo, I've heard that name before. Right? And then I started doing more research on Blast. And, and it turns out that this guy has made had made most of the music of the artists that I was listening to at that time. Him and and Looney Tunes for the most part. Right? They were they were producing the majority of the music for the artists that were that were slapping at that time. Right? And it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Um during my research, you know, while I was at school and stuff looking for music, um, I came across the Reggaeton Sex series. And let me tell you something, that is like some rated, some X-rated music, okay? Like, do not listen to that music with your kids if you decide to go and check it out. But you can YouTube it, Reggaeton Sex, and most of the tracks, if not all, are produced by DJ Blast. And don't get it twisted, those series, that series, that's where I discovered uh, Sir Speedy, Gallo Star, uh, Plan B. I believe Lito y Polaco also had a couple of tracks on there, right? But Plan B, for the most part, like, I found out who they were because of DJ Blast, and Blambert are still around right now, right? So it was pretty cool. A lot of artists. I just I heard about so many artists because of Blast, including Daddy Yankee. When I put two and two together, that Latigaso was produced by Blast, and Yankee was on that. It was over. Like I thought he was like amazing. I already know a few Daddy Yankee songs before the Barrio Fino release in two thousand five, and it's the album that actually has Gasolina in it. And after that album. Yeah, this guy officially became Jay-Z, the Jay-Z of the Latin world. You know, I don't think anybody would argue with that, right? That Daddy Yankee is the Jay-Z of reggaeton and Latin trap, uh, sorry, Spanish rap, I guess you can say. So yeah, it's been a very interesting journey so far, you know, where I just was a lover of reggaeton music and I became somebody who just wanted to make it. And now I produce that music. And if you would like to check it out, you can find our music on our website at wokeuparebel.com. You can find our links to everything on there. Um, our Spotify is on there. Our SoundCloud is on there. Our MixCloud. Um, you can check out our DJ mixes and some of our original beats. Uh, preferably if you want to get straight to it and go to our Spotify, listen to our DJ mixes. Uh, hit the link in bio at wokeuparebel on Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, you can find us on Twitter at Woke Up a Rebel. And once again, if you don't have any of those, just look up our website, wokeuparebel.com.
www.ghanaspeaks.com. Click on the links at the top. It'll redirect you to wherever our music is found. So I thank you for tuning in to the first episode of Rebel Tone Podcast. And once again, this is for diehard reggaeton fans or people who are just curious to know more about the genre. I do not claim to be an expert in anything. I am not a journalist. I am just a reggaeton fan who feels like I just want to, you know, share some songs with you guys, share some album reviews. Um, hopefully we can get some people in here, right? Fellow producers, DJs, right? Who are fans of the genre that can uh, explain their journey, right? In music and, you know, what made them start liking reggaeton. As a matter of fact, what made you start liking reggaeton, right? So a lot of things to think about. And hopefully you look us up on Spotify. Just look for Woke Up A Rebel DJ Mixes and Rebel Tone Podcast. God bless you. Stay safe. Stay inside. And hopefully you share this with your friends so that they can, you know, tune in for the future episodes where I go more in-depth on the reggaeton genre. I'm going to do a little bit of a history lesson. We're going to go more in-depth on albums like... Barrio Fino, we can talk about Don Omar's The Last Dawn, you know, some of these classic albums. Why are they classic? Why do they stand out and they still are relevant today and they still sound as fresh as they were back then? We're going to talk about Looney Tunes. We're going to talk about reggaeton producers. We're going to talk about the DJs who paved the way. So stay tuned for that. And hopefully we get some feedback. Hit us up on all our social media at Woke Up A Rebel on Instagram and on Twitter, it's the same thing. If you don't have either of those, just look us up on wokeuparyourrebel.com. And yeah, you can consume some of our music and some of our DJ mixes. All the links to get to everything, you'll find it on our website. Just one click away. So that way you don't have to be hearing about all these different links. If I post this on YouTube, then you'll get some links in the description box. And please drop a comment. Yeah, let me know what you want to hear me talk about because trust me I can talk about reggaeton all day so if there's anything that you want to discuss or you want to hear me touch on then by all means drop a comment down below tune in for the next one woke up a rebel